Hey guys, our group is comprised of Stephanie Jimenez, Vanessa Perez, Holly Walker, and myself, Vanessa Patterson. And our group will be covering the theorist Lila Abu Lagod. Who is Lila Abu Lagod? Great question, Steph. Let's share with our audience some background on Lila. Lila Abu Lagod is an American anthropologist. She conducted ethnographic research in the Arab world and wrote seven books that have been translated into 13 languages. And currently, she works at Columbia University in New York City. We are fortunate enough to be continuously learning from her. Lila has quite a range when it comes to theories. Her works can be analyzed through various lenses, some of which are postmodernism, feminism, possibly structuralism, and an overarching view on decolonization slash colonization. This podcast is laid out as follows. We will provide a summary of her works, provide some commentary or critique, and then conclude with an overall summary about Lila and the influence she has had on anthropology. The first segment, a summary of her works, will be started by me, I'm Stephanie Jimenez. The first work I will be sharing about is named Local Contexts of Islamism in Popular Media. It was published by Amsterdam University Press in 2006, and in this she describes media portrayals of Islamism and religious extremism in popular Egyptian television dramatic serials. She suggests that new media representation of Islamists and the debates they sparked nationally have been contributors to reconfigurations of current notions of religion and nation. To add to this, what I will be sharing now are snippets taken out of the subheadings in her work. One subheading, Good and Bad Islam. Quote, There was good Islam and bad Islam, and these judgments were made ultimately on the basis of how Islam related to the nation and social responsibility. They were not, as they might have been in the past, part of the struggle among religious authorities. End quote. Another subheading called Restoring the Honor of Upper Egypt, quote, the attempts of the media to promote a culture stripped of religion may be even less healing of the torn civic body than its attempts to turn religion into a cultural system linked to the nation. This is because it bears little resemblance to local experiences, but insofar as regional values are offered as cultural ideals, these serials invoke a national frame since regions are primarily defined by national territory. Upper Egypt only has meaning as a distinct region if understood as part of a larger Egyptian nation. And so again, the serials offer support for a united nation and a placing of religion within that nation. Another subheading is religion in a national public sphere. Quote, even Egyptian television's negative stereotyping of Islamists, however accepted or refused by the public, operates within and reinforces the frame of the nation. It never places the Muslim outside the frame. Instead, it makes and sustains distinctions between good and bad Muslims. It also reflects on what place religious identity and observance should have in daily life and asks what role Islam should have in society at large. Even though some of the negative imagery used to represent Islamists in Egyptian television may be eerily similar to that which is becoming numbingly familiar in the West, the context of reception and the import of this imagery 
give it a fundamentally different meaning. This was a summary of her work, Local Contexts of Islamism in Popular Media. I will now go on to describe her book, which was published in 2013, called Do Muslim Women Need Saving? In this book, Lila investigates the image of Muslim women in Western society. It is based on her 2002 article of the same name, published in American Anthropologist. In this, she presents examples of the Western narrative of the abused Muslim women who needs to be saved, and explains how the international focus on saving these women perpetuates racist ideas of Muslim societies as barbaric. She also describes how the narrative of saving Muslim women has been used as a way to justify military interventions in Muslim countries. And she argues that Muslim women, like women of other faiths and backgrounds, need to be viewed within their own historical, social, and ideological contexts, suggesting that religion is not the main factor in global inequality. Instead, that the most significant sources are poverty and governmental abuses coupled with global tensions. And now I will pass it on to Vanessa Perez, who will share summaries of two other works by Laila Abu-Lugad. Hello everyone, my name is Vanessa, and I am going to summarize one of the books of Laila. Um, it's called Bailiff's Sentiments, Honoring Poetry in a Beaten Society in Writing Women's War. This book was published in September 2016 by the Anniversary Edition with the New Afterworld. This book was one of her first books, and this book are based on her experiences living in the Bidon woman and her research into their poetry and storytelling. Laila explores the way that Jinawa songs in a poetic form that she compares to haiku and the blues express the cultural patterns of the society especially with regard to the relationship between women and men. She shows you how complex, how, co how complex the culture is if we think about the value we give to the people of your community in their poetic discourse of love and vulnerability. As we say, she specializes in ethnographic research in the Arab world and this is one of her seven books with covers topics including sentiment and poetry, nationalism and media, gender politics, and politics of memory. Laila is also active in topics for education. She has spent time as, as a scholar at the Institute for Advanced Study she also teach some classes at New York University, where she is working on a project founded by a Ford Foundation grad intended to promote a more international focus in women's studies. Now, I want to introduce to Holly Walker. 
They are going to continue with this segment of your postcards. Hello, my name is Holly, and to conclude this segment of our podcast, I will briefly summarize Lila's 2012 article, Taking Back the Village, Rural Youth and a Moral Revolution, from the American Ethnologist. Within this work, Lila brings attention to the role that the media had in the Egyptian Revolution, particularly what the media chose to highlight and report on and what was actually happening, which she describes as a counter-revolution. Her focus was on the ways in which the youth groups of the nation capitalized on participating in the revolution in a technologically innovative way that had not yet been seen before. This is important because I personally think this is a great example of the difference between ethnography and journalism. She reports her news findings in a way that still tastes true to the integrity of her subjects. Through the lens of her ethnographic style of writing, she's able to humanize the story in a respectful and informative way that is something I'll touch on again a little later in this podcast. But before that, here's Stephanie. Thank you. As discussed by my partners, Lila Abu Lagood is a versatile and talented writer. The ways she successfully weaves her ethnographic fieldwork into poetry and veiled sentiments is an art on its own. One thing I realized while analyzing and moving through her work for this podcast is the way in which she basically perfected her brand of ethnography. Her work, Locating Ethnography, is a personal manifesto in which she analyzes her process of writing from basic field notes to the publishing process and everything in between. For a project of this nature, it has been extremely helpful to have an article like this laid out that completely explains her ideological framework and the ways in which it affects an anthropologist. She highlights post-colonialism, imagined geographies, and the ways in which these concepts have influenced her work and influenced her life. The way she's able to reflect on herself, the science of anthropology, and her experiences in this work really framed a lot of her other pieces for me too, which has proved an invaluable piece for understanding and analyzing her philosophy. While my team members focused on Lila's works in relation to anthropological theory, I wanted to take a look at what Lila herself thought about her works. The American Ethnologist Society conducted an interview with Lila in 2016 during the 30th anniversary of her landmark ethnography, Veiled Sentiments. The interview was about fundamental issues underlying her work as a feminist anthropologist, a public intellectual, and an ethnographer of the Middle East and Islamophobia. Reflecting on Veiled Sentiments, she says, quote, For me, the lasting contribution of Veiled Sentiments is to have shared my discovery that women in this Bedouin community expressed in moving oral lyric poetry sentiments radically different from those they express in everyday discourse. I also made the point in Veiled Sentiments that we have to recognize how complex culture is if we realize how much people in this community value their poetic counter discourse of love and vulnerability, end quote. Reflecting on her fieldwork, she says, quote, I don't think we have theorized sufficiently about what happens when we live together in fieldwork. We are observing as we participate. Living together produces, over time, shared conversations, memories, and affections for people we have known in common. Living together makes possible a bridging of differences across what my colleague has characterized as incommensurate worlds. 
But every intimate relationship, if you think about it, involves bridging differences, end quote. To conclude the interview, Lila explained her beginnings in anthropology and spoke of her branching off from her parents' esteemed professions in sociology and political science. Quote, I am more comfortable listening to others. I prefer to watch rather than direct. Anthropology was right for me, but I always felt that at the heart of anthropology was a concern for the human and aberrance of injustice and equality. This stand we have been taking against the injustices Palestinians face seems a fitting expression of the ethical impulse of anthropology, end quote. During my research, I was also interested to see what the Arab reception was to her work, and I was lucky enough to find a research paper titled Laila Abu Lagod's Contribution to the Feminist Debate in the Arab World, published in 2014. It's not critical, but it is more so written in agreement and is a bit elaborative. In summation, it applauds her criticism of the ethnocentric Western pressure of the individuation of women. To put that in basic terms, both the paper and Lila critique the Western view that women need to be separate or independent from their family in order to be seen as their own person both legally and figuratively. The paper praised Lila for making us question this discourse and used her research to ask, quote, what if the autonomy of women constitutes a backlash since it is yet to be proven that such autonomy would automatically grant women equality, end quote. This again, in basic terms, is asking, why do women need this Western concept of independence when in the Arab world, this independence has not been proven to automatically give these women equality? The paper finally goes on to conclude, quote, Abu Lagod's arguments challenge the international initiative of the Western development discourse often promoted as a one-size-fits-all global model to follow. Abu Lagod maintains that this globalized conception of the liberal development discourse works to the detriment of women, justifying their right to reject being integrated into globalism and defend their cultural and local specificity, end quote. On that note, I will hand our listeners over to the other Vanessa, Vanessa Perez, as she describes other critiques of Lila's work. Hello, my name is Vanessa Perez, and I will describe some other critiques of Lila's work. The book that I am going to discuss is Anthropology in Theory Issues in Epistemology, Writing Against Culture by Laila Abulukurt. This book talks about two critical groups whose situations neatly expose and challenge the most basic of those premises. These two groups are feminist and halfist people who see nationalist or culture identity is mixed by virtue of immigration, overseas, education, or parentage. The importance of these two groups lies not only superior claim or advanced they might have in, in have in doing anthropology, but in the special dilemmas they face. Problems with cultural anthropology assumptions, a fundamental dis distinction between self and other.
Her writing argued that culture operates in anthropology discourse to enforce separations that inevitably carry a sense of hierarchy. The second book that I am going to critique is Son of Theory in Anthropology of the Arab World. It is a resume for Laila Abulegu based in here hosted visit during his field work in 1978 to 1980 in the Egyptian Bedouin community. She knows that many Americans won't be interested about this topic, but Laila wrote this book thinking about in the Americans that will be interesting in understanding the different ways of human beings around the world. Laila talks about her experiences when when she arrived to the community and see that no one of those people in the community knew English and also many of that people also they did not even have the knowledge of the Arabic literature. Uh, she offered them books with the pictures that she chose to them and also she see how the members of the community enjoy the pictures and the books. More than anything, she wrote his experience for people that are interesting in the different forms for human beings around the world. Thank you and now I am going to introduce Stephanie. Thank you, Vanessa Perez, for wrapping that up for us. Well, that concludes Lila Abulagod, the American anthropologist whose research focused on postmodernism, feminism, structuralism, and an overarching view of decolonization and colonization within the Arab world. I'd like to thank my team, Stephanie Jimenez, Vanessa Perez, and Holly Walker for their time today, and thank you all for listening in.